You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. Ice cream man, ice cream man, uh, can I have this? I want this over here, and a, a toast down by my father, and give me this ice over here, and vanilla cone. Thank you, ice cream man. Thank you. Thank you, ice cream man. Noah's 
screaming and yelling with a sprint of uncompletion and thought of the food. You can't win losers, no more to choose, said by the long end boys.
check. There we go. <laughs> Had the wrong mic. Uh, coming up on 17 minutes after 6 this Thursday afternoon, the 20th of December, you're listening to 101.9 FM CITR in Vancouver. Uh, the show is Stereoscopic Readout, and I'm your host, Darren, and uh, kicking things off today with... Uh, I guess it would be a little bit of uh, my favorites, sort of stuff that I uh, have in my collection. Uh, started that with the Moody Blues from um, Search for the Lost Chord album and Thinking is the Best Way to Travel. And I followed that with a, uh, just like a wonderfully outlandish song by the Strawberry Alarm Clock called uh, Nightmare of Percussion. That's got to have the some of like my favorite drumming fills in it of all time. I just love that drum track. Um Followed that with Pink Floyd from Saucer Full of Secrets and Jug Band Blues. Um, and that was, in fact, uh, mooted as a, or proposed as a uh, choice for the A side of Pink Floyd's final single with Sid Barrett, uh, or a single that featured Sid Barrett. Uh, but unfortunately, EMI rejected it. Um, I don't know exactly what the run-up was i think it was supposed to be jug band blues and scream thy last scream and emi rejected that and um, i think they also tried to propose vegetable man as an a-side and they rejected that too so pink floyd ended up releasing apples and oranges as the final single featuring uh, sid barrett although uh, jug band blues of course ended up on Saucer Full of Secrets, and the last track you heard was J.K. and Company, not a Vancouver band, but recorded in Vancouver in 1968 with uh, some local Vancouver musicians. I believe some of the guys from Mother Tucker's Yellow Duck and Spring were involved with that, and that was J.K. and Company from their album Suddenly Last Summer, or Suddenly One Summer, excuse me, and uh, Fly. Um, Anyway, uh, I don't have so much of a... Christmas special lined up for you, but I do have some Christmas music for you. Um, it took some digging. It really did. <laughs> I only came up with three songs that sort of fit the format. But uh, the first one, oh, as far as Christmas-themed songs go, um, boy, is it a humdinger. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lead into it. I'm just going to, you're going to have to experience the full effect of just fromage that this song is. Um, it's Australian. It's by a band called The Love Machine. And this is the Lonely Hearts Club Christmas Party. Harry meet Fred, and Fred meet Mary. She's a battle packer in the local dairy. Mary meets Ron, and Ron meet Ivan. Surely you know Ivan is an advertising, and they all get together once a year. Christmas party, lonely hearts for Christmas party. 
Gina, John, Harry, and Lisa, here are your gifts. Ooh. Hey, Harry, how is Candy able to afford so many rad, cool, amazing gifts? I mean, she's living on a student budget like the rest of us folks. Well, Lisa, she's got the Friends of CITR card. The Friends of CITR card allows you to receive giant discounts on super sweet holiday gifts from stores like the Anti-Social Skate Shop and Gallery, Red Cat Records, The Bike Kitchen, The Kiss Store, and People's Co-op Bookstore, among many, many others. That's right. All you have to do is to drop in to CITR to get one. Or visit the website at www.citr.ca for more information. Everybody has a CITR friends card. Who doesn't, Candy? Um, I better go get mine.
Hello, my name is Hans. And I am Franz. And we love the AMS. Oh, yeah, the AMS is good. Join us at the AMS. Yeah. The mission for AMS is organization to improve quality of educational, social, and personal lives of the students of UBC. There are many ways to get involved, yeah. Start a club, volunteer, or work for one of your AMS businesses. Yeah, please visit the website at ams.ubc.ca. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we are back on 101.9 FM CITR in Vancouver. You're listening to Stereoscopic Readout. I'm back on mic one where I belong. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was my that was my block of Christmas music for this year. Uh, started that off with the incredibly kitschy, incredibly campy uh, Love Machine from Australia. It's off Ugly Things Volume 4 with the Lonely Hearts Club Christmas Party. And uh, I have to really... Um, confess i don't know when that particular track came out um i would assume it would be you know 1967 at the earliest but uh who knows the album doesn't really provide a whole lot of information on them um followed that up with the hoodoo gurus also from australia and their version of little drummer boy entitled little drummer boy up the kyber and uh that is uh that is off an old compilation called a lump of coal that came out in the early 90s um 
I seem to recall they had a video for it as well. I saw that on Much Music way back in the day. And uh, so that's available on A Lump of Coal if you can find it. Or I think it's also available on um, uh, a collection of Hoodoo Guru's rarities and B-sides entitled Gorilla Biscuit because it was the B-side to Castles in the Air. Actually, then that would put it... Approximately 1993-94 is its release. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, I also have to apologize for that rather awful AMS promo I played. I wasn't expecting that they were just going to be doing such really, really bad <laughs> German accents. Okay, I, I, should, I, should, I should be easy on them. It's, it's, it's student radio. It's, these are uh, people getting their first crack at uh, radio production. So um, endearingly... Um, endearingly, what's the word for it? I, I, I had a lot of schadenfreude, if we're going to stick with the German theme, uh, listening to that. And I uh, followed that with Vancouver's own Patty Serby and the Canadian VIPs with I Want a Beetle for Christmas. Uh, it's a bit early to be considered part of the psychedelic era, I know, but it was released in, uh, in time for Christmas 1964. Um, the Beatles played... Their one and only show at Empire Stadium on August the 22nd of that year, and Beatlemania certainly hit Vancouver in a big way. Um, that single was actually picked up for distribution down the West Coast into the States, but by the time it got down to Los Angeles, uh, it was too close to Or The U.S. distributor claimed it was too close to Christmas for them to actually release it. But um, if any of you out there listening are old enough to remember it, that was, um, from what I understand, a pretty big hit for the uh, Christmas of 1964. So I'm going to be carrying on. I had planned a um, a special gift for you, um, a series of interviews with Jerry Cruz, uh, manager of the United Empire Loyalists and... Richard Cruikshank, original drummer of the United Empire Loyalists, but um, due to def- technical difficulties, I wasn't able to get that together for today's show. Uh, I will have it for next week's show. Next week's show will be an all CanCon special for you, so it, it should fit right in. And the two interviews uh, were phone interviews I taped in, ni- in 2000, 1999 or 2000, on the subject of... The Grateful Dead's first visit to Vancouver in 1966. There's some fun stories in there, so uh, tune in next week. You'll hear that. But in the meantime, here are The Grateful Dead, and uh, this is going to be our album side feature for this week. Uh, Side one. I know I'm getting a lot of side ones whenever I do these album side features. Um, I promise I'll have side two of the Moody Blues um, search for the Lost Chords some point in the new year. But for now, side one of their 1968 release Anthem of the Sun this is that's it for the other one
Back with you on Stereoscopic Readout on 101.9 FM in Vancouver, CITR. I'm Darren, I'm your host, and uh, that was side one of The Grateful Dead's second album, released in 1968, Anthem of the Sun. Uh, Their first album was pretty much rushed out. It was only recorded in three days. It was rushed out to sort of capitalize on the fact that uh, the Grateful Dead were essentially the biggest band in San Francisco, but they were one of the... They were definitely not the first signed um, and capitalized on when this whole kind of gold rush of psychedelic music happened in 1960... or first happened in 1966. The record labels from L.A. were sort of falling all over themselves, trying to get to San Francisco and sign whoever they could find. Um, So Warner Brothers rushed out their first album. They allowed the Grateful Dead to take their time on the second album, but they decided to take six months recording the second album, which kind of put a strain on their relationship with Warner Brothers and it definitely their relationship with the guy who produced the album Dave Hassinger was fraught with a lot of uh tension misunderstanding um just they were both in totally different mindsets doing the album uh that's it for the other one uh you know it's over 12 minutes long uh it's composed in four suites uh number one cryptical envelopment Followed by number two, quadriblet for tender feet. Uh, movement three, the faster we go, the rounder we get. And movement four, we leave the castle. Um, followed by a brief sort of coda to the end of that called New, New Potato Caboose. And uh, the last track you heard, which was Born Cross-Eyed. Um, that's it for the other one. was fairly was pretty much recorded um, in the studio and on the road uh, from a series of shows that the Grateful Dead played between January and March of 1968, uh, running down, I think it was Eureka, California, um, Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, uh, three shows at the Carousel Ballroom in San Francisco and a show in Lake Tahoe. And uh, the composition itself was assembled kind of like a an electronic composition. In an interview I saw with Phil Lesh, their bass player, um, he mentioned that they were trying to mix it as though it were an electronic composition because uh, he'd been... Uh, Phil Lesh was a big fan of uh, Stockhausen. Um, the recently departed Stockhausen, actually, he died, like, about 10 days ago. Uh, or, sorry, more like uh, 12, 13 days ago. Um, and... Uh, Basically, it's a mix of live tracks and studio tracks, and you can hear it, especially in the beginning of the comp of the uh, tr- the song. Um, all of a sudden, there's these really weird shifts in time signature and in ambience. If you're listening in headphones, uh, they really hit home these changes in ambience, uh, mainly because you're using uh, crossfading live and studio recordings. Um, as I mentioned, the relationship they had with Dave Hassinger wasn't all that um, harmonious. Uh, there's a le- there's a there's sort of a legendary story of um, Bob Weir, the rhythm guitar player, trying to explain to Hassinger what he wanted at the beginning of uh, Born Cross-Eyed, and uh, Weir said he wanted the sound of thick air. And Hassinger, at this, that was the final straw. Hassinger threw up his arms and said, "The guy wants thick air. He wants thick air," and he walked out of the studio. <laughs> So, and um, anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, that was, and this album also marked the appearance of the uh, six man lineup for the Grateful Dead Jerry Garcia on lead guitar and uh, vocals, of course, Bob Weir on rhythm guitar and vocals, Ron Pigpen McKernan on vocals and organ, 
Phil Lesh on bass, um, Bill Kreutzman on drums, and they also added Mickey Hart on drums and other percussion. And by this point, they'd also all added Tom Constantin, Tom 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 Constantin, sorry, um, also on keyboards. So that was that concludes side one of the Grateful Dead's Anthem of the Sun album from 1968. Um, Coming up, let's see, we've got approximately 30 minutes and change until Bleak is in for Exquisite Corpse. He's in till 9, and then Ben Lai is in with Live from Thunderbird Radio Hell, uh, no band tonight, so it's going to be two hours of straight music. Cliff's in at 11 with laugh tracks, and then JT comes in at midnight for Raw Radio. Uh, but in the meantime, I got, I got, I got, I'm going to get smacked across the face by my... Oh, high school, excuse me, high school um, English teachers for saying that. In the meantime, I have for you another, uh, one of the earlier San Francisco bands to benefit from the uh, gold rush, as it were, um, and this is Moby Grape. Black. Well, don't you feel a lot of need of 
New Testament. I think the New Testament. The question is, Pilate, remember Pilate from the New Testament? What does Pilate? He fiddled well. Yeah, no, well, just a minute. Let me ask the question, then you can give me the answer, okay? Did Pilate want Jesus to be crucified? So did he want him to be crucified? Yeah. No. 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 Well, tune in every Friday afternoon, 3.30 to the Nightwatch Show on Sunday. Well, find a good church. It'll help you. I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now!, Daily Grassroots Global Unembedded International Independent News Hour. And this is CITR 101.9 FM.
Coming up on, actually, I think we are right at quarter after seven on uh, this Thursday evening, the 20th of December. You're listening to Stereoscopic Readout on 101.9 FM, Cable 101.9 FM, CITR in Vancouver. Um, Also listenable on a live audio stream at www.citr.ca, where you can also find the podcast menu. Yeah, the show like most of the others on the station are is podcast on a weekly basis so if you miss part of the show and want to hear more um you go to citr.ca go in the podcast menu and look under indie eclectic for stereoscopic readout and any any of the under other wonderful shows we have on the station um that was quite a long block of music. Actually, it was only 15 minutes, but uh, I managed to fit in about seven songs. Uh, the days when songs used to clock in at under three minutes. Uh, started that with Moby Grapes, classic Omaha from 1967. I think it was 67. I think they, got, they, they were picked up. Um, in 66, uh, but they had their big hit album in 67, including Omaha, which you heard. Uh, followed that with Houston's The Lost and Found and a track called Professor Black. Um, followed that with a band from California. That's really all the information I have on them, but it was a band from California called The Christian Brothers and Feeling Bad. That is on 
That's on that's on a deadly dose of wild psych. There's a whole series of albums. Uh it's a heavy dose of light psych, deadly dose of heavy psych, overdose of was a deadly dose of wild psych. I there's a bunch of them wild psych. Um There's another one in the series. There's at least four. They're on Arf Arf Records. Worth picking up. Uh there's there's you will find there's a bit of cheese and kitsch in there, but every now and again there's that track which totally justifies the twenty plus dollars you forked out for the CD. Um, I followed that with the Misty Wizards from Ann Arbor, Michigan, from uh, Heavy Dose of Light Psych, which we also have here today, and it's Love, um, Brotherhood of Soul, possibly from New York City. We don't know. They pop up on uh, Psychedelic States. One of them. It's- New York Volume Two that that one's on. There's a, there's there's some other really great stuff on that too. I might be able to get some out to you before the end of the show, but I doubt it. We've only got ten minutes left ish. Uh, followed Brotherhood of Soul with West Coast Pop Art Experimental Band from Los Angeles and Ritual Number no. Two. I think that is on. That should be on Child's Guide to Good and Evil, um, but I'm not sure. I that was from a download I made. And finish that set with another band I really don't know anything about, but they're from Psychedelic Unknowns Volume 5. That is The Sound Solution and Hide Your Face was the last song that you heard. Uh, Bleak should be in soon. Uh, He's not here yet. But uh, I definitely know that Ben's here. So I think Bleak was talking about not being around over the Christmas holidays. I hope he's here or at least made provisions to do something this uh, this week if he's not here. But we'll find out in a moment. Anyway, uh, moving right along, we've got 10 minutes left. I'm going to play some stuff for you, including vintage Vancouver psychedelia from Mock Duck and Mayandel Ring. Uh, I'm going to start to set off with Mock Duck and Do Re Mi, but I just want to mention um, Psych Night at the Anza Club. If you haven't been there, it's worth checking out. They used to be on Tuesday nights, but now they are on Wednesdays. Um, I went there... That was the f- last night was the first night I've actually spent a lot of time there because I usually work at 7 a.m. the following morning. So I don't, you know, it's a school night for me, so I don't go out that much. But I am not working at the moment and took full advantage of that fact. Great, uh, great psych music, uh, kraut rock, space rock, some... Um, some heavy funk, soul stuff, other artifacts um, that you might find that you might recognize, but mostly you will be pleasantly surprised at the things you don't know that they have and uh, suitably suitably spacey visuals in the background. They were playing uh, on also historically relevant film. They were playing Vanishing Point last night and reasonably placed, reasonably priced drinks nine dollars for a shot of whiskey and a beer so uh, there you go wednesday nights at the anza club downstairs the lounge psych night check it out anyway uh carrying along carrying on with vancouver's mock duck from 1968 this is do
Ask me why, tell me why, ask me why, why cannot I be free? No
Brittany. Hit me, baby, one more time. Extina. What a- 